Students often ask me what movies or books they should consume to improve their writing. Thinking back on my own film education, I have learned more from watching When Harry Met Sally than any other movie or book. In this video, I will share with you the most important writing techniques we can glean from studying this movie. After watching this video, you will have a better understanding of story structure, plot, theme, characterization, and simple but effective ways to construct reversals for comedic effect. If you find this video helpful, please consider subscribing and giving it a like. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now on with the video. First, to get the most out of this video, you should have watched this movie beforehand. So do that now if you haven't already. Also, spoiler warnings. On the surface, When Harry Met Sally is a simple movie. When I first watched it, I thought it was too simple and lacked design and structure. I assumed that the appeal of the movie came from the actors and their chemistry and the dialogue, which is superb. The summary of this movie's plot is two people, Harry and Sally, meeting after graduating from the University of Chicago, hating each other, eventually becoming friends, best friends, lovers, breaking up, and finally getting married. But this is not the plot of When Harry Met Sally. Plot, by definition, is what a character wants. When Harry and Sally first meet, they do not want to fall in love. In fact, they don't even want to be friends because according to Harry, men and women can never be friends because of the sex thing. So what is the plot of this movie? If we watch carefully, we realize that the plot, what Harry and Sally want, is to get over their respective breakups. When Harry and Sally meet for the third time, 10 years after their initial meeting, Sally has just broken up with her long-term boyfriend and Harry is about to get a divorce. They bond over their common plight and decide to become friends. This happens at the 32 minute mark, which is when the movie breaks into the second act. The rest of the movie is structured around this plot with Harry and Sally encountering trials and tribulations at the same time. For example, Harry runs into his ex-wife and new husband at 58 minutes and Sally learns that her ex-boyfriend, Joe, is getting married at 67 minutes. This plot is what drives the story and pushes Harry and Sally's relationship forward. The plot is subtle and unobtrusive, but provides enough structure to hold the movie together. But if Harry and Sally's relationship is not the plot, then what is it? It must be important since it takes up most of the screen time. Simply put, Harry and Sally's relationship is the theme of the movie. Theme, by definition, is what the character needs. And I have a video explaining theme in more detail here if you are interested in learning more. Harry and Sally do not want to be together, but they end up needing each other. It is always important to separate the plot and the theme of a movie. Use plot to push the story forward and use theme to express the moral or the message of the story. By having Harry and Sally's love story as the theme of the movie, it allows their relationship to develop naturally and slowly. This is why the movie can get away with Harry and Sally having these long conversations about life, love, and gender differences because these conversations are not under the pressure of pushing the story forward. The movie reinforces its structure by employing another technique not often seen in romantic comedies and that is the framing device. A frame is a group of scenes whose purpose is to give the main storyline context and relevance. Framing devices are often seen in longer runtime movies, particularly in historical films. 
Movies like Saving Private Ryan and Titanic are good examples of this. These two movies use scenes set in present time to show that even though the events of the main story took place many years ago, it is still relevant today. When Harry Met Sally uses interview style segments where fictitious older married couples share their stories of how they met and how they fell in love. This frame gives Harry and Sally's interactions much needed context and relevance. While their conversations are interesting, they do very little to actually develop their relationship. But by interlacing these framing scenes, we feel as if their relationship is developing towards them getting married. Furthermore, the married couple's stories are all different and further elaborates on the theme of lovers finding each other through different ways. The frame in When Harry Met Sally is also used to push forward time. Harry and Sally's love story takes 12 years and 3 months to complete, so big time jumps are necessary. And in order to make these jumps less jarring for the audience, they always happen after a frame. There is a subtle trick here that the movie uses to persuade the audience that whenever a frame appears, big changes in Harry and Sally's relationship will follow, even though it's not always the case. This is achieved by jumping forward 5 years after the second and third frame, which allows for big character changes to occur. Thus, later on, when a frame appears, we believe that a change is happening in Harry and Sally's relationship when objectively speaking, there really isn't that much change happening. Staying with theme, this movie does a great job in summarizing what it wants to say by using a simple yet effective metaphor. The movie Casablanca is used as a talking point throughout the movie. Harry and Sally have different views on the ending. Harry believes that Ingrid Bergman, who plays Ilsa, wants to stay with Humphrey Bogart, who plays the protagonist Rick, but gets on the plane because Rick forces her to. Sally, on the other hand, believes that Ilsa gets on the plane because she, being a woman, is practical and Victor Laszlo is the practical, smart choice. But despite their differing views, they both love the movie deeply. This, in my opinion, is a perfect metaphor for how men and women might be different on the surface, but deep down they are really the same. They all need love and to be loved in return. Even though when Harry met Sally is masterfully plotted and structured with a clear and concise theme, the movie would still not work if the protagonists were not compelling since most of the movie is watching them talk. So how do you write compelling characters? Producers and directors might tell you that your characters need to be likable, or lovable, or relatable. They're not completely wrong, but in my opinion, they're missing the main point. Because if compelling characters are only likable characters, then why are some of the most iconic and beloved characters villains? I believe compelling characters are created in a large part by character contrast meaning there is a contrast between who the character is on the outside and who they are on the inside. An example of this is the multimillionaire who has everything but hates himself, or the beggar who has nothing but feels rich. Character contrast is the bread and butter of creating compelling characters and it is no different in this movie. But this movie does something different. Characters with high contrast are more unique or feel larger than life. 
Usually that's a good quality to have, especially when the character is from another world, a different time, or has a unique profession. But Harry and Sally are not larger than life, they're supposed to be normal people living in New York. Therefore, it would be unnatural for them to have high character contrast, it just wouldn't work. So what this movie does instead is create high contrast between Harry and Sally. It essentially splits a character into two. This makes each character less dynamic and three-dimensional, but makes them more real, which is important for this movie's story and tone. Obviously, it doesn't hurt to have a talented comedian like Billy Crystal playing Harry and a drop-dead gorgeous Meg Ryan in her prime playing Sally. But characterization starts on the page and these characters are beautifully constructed by the screenwriter, the late Nora Ephron and director Rob Reiner. Many critics point to the superb dialogue, not just between Harry and Sally, but all the characters. But the movie is a visual medium first, and watching two people talk can get boring no matter how good the dialogue is. A simple solution which this movie uses often is giving the characters something to do during lengthy dialogue scenes. This movie also uses the city of New York to its advantage by using different locations for its dialogue scenes to make the film more visually appealing. But the hidden benefit of adding action to dialogue scenes helps with something I call completing the circle. Many people much smarter than me believe that all stories are circles. The story starts at a point and is only completed when it returns to that starting point. This is an important theory because a story in reality is only a portion of a character's life. A character is believed to exist before the movie began and will continue to exist after the story is finished. Therefore, the audience needs to understand, even if it's an unconscious understanding, that this part we are witnessing is the most important part of a character's life. And completing the circle is the best way to help us accept that this part is a complete story, that no big events will happen after the story is finished. Completing the circle can and should be used at the scene level as well. That is, each scene or sequence should be seen as its own story and therefore should have its own circle. This is where the action comes into play. The first time Harry and Sally meet, they argue about the future and their different views on life. Notice that the conversation begins with Harry eating grapes and spitting seeds out the window. When the conversation ends, Harry closes the scene with the same action, spitting grape seeds, thus bringing the scene back to the starting point and completing the circle. It's a subtle but powerful tool and I highly recommend you use it in your own writing. There is one more thing we can learn from when Harry met Sally that I want to share with you and that is how this movie creates reversals. In my opinion, reversals are essential in all forms of writing. They are massively important in storytelling and even more so in writing comedy because reversals are what makes jokes funny, since a punchline is essentially a reversal. Many writers, myself included, struggle with creating reversals. We tend to think that reversals need to be elaborate and complex with clever setups and genius payoffs. But in reality, they do not need to be complicated at all. In fact, after studying this movie, I've come to realize that the best and most effective reversals are usually the simplest. 
Let's look at two examples from when Harry met Sally that illustrates this point. The first one is five years after Harry and Sally meet. Sally is saying goodbye to her boyfriend Joe at the airport when Harry emerges charging towards the gate. Harry does a double take at the couple and returns to stare at them awkwardly. Sally notices him and points him out to Joe. We expect that Harry has noticed Sally but he greets Joe instead. This reversal works because it fulfills the two rules of a reversal. One, it must be logical and two, it subverts the audience's expectations. Logically, it makes sense. It's been five years since Harry and Sally met. It's perfectly reasonable that Harry would have made new friends during this time and it is also plausible that he had forgotten about Sally. But we expect Harry to recognize Sally because they are the two protagonists and even though we know that it's been five years since they first met, their first interaction is still fresh in our minds since it just happened. It's important for you as a writer to understand your audience's expectations. Only then can you create a reversal with a high chance of success. But if knowing your audience's expectations sounds too hard, don't worry, there is an even easier method for creating reversals. The second example shows us that sometimes it's not required to know the audience's expectations because you can manipulate their expectations to your needs. The scene involves Harry and Sally going on a double date with their respective best friends. Harry introduces Jess to Sally and Sally introduces Marie to Harry. But during the dinner, it becomes painfully obvious that Jess and Mary only have eyes for each other. After the quartet separates to discuss in private what to do about the situation. Marie asks Sally if it's okay if she contacts Jess. Sally agrees because she doesn't have any feelings for Jess but asks that Marie don't act on her feelings tonight because Harry is in a vulnerable state at the moment. Marie agrees enthusiastically. At the same time, Harry and Jess are having the same conversation. Harry tells Jess that it's okay for him to contact Marie but to hold off for a week because Sally is in a very vulnerable state right now. Jess also enthusiastically agrees. But five seconds later, Jess says he's gonna call a cab and Marie leaves with him. Much to the chagrin and surprise and uh, disappointment of Harry and Sally. This scene shows us that it's perfectly okay to establish the audience's expectation through setup and then subvert that expectation with the reversal. But again, this reversal works because it's logical. This method is both easier and harder. Easier because as a writer, you do not need to know the audience's expectations. It's harder because a setup is required to manipulate the expectation prior to the reversal. That concludes our deep dive into When Harry Met Sally. I hope you enjoyed the video and learned something along the way. If you have any questions or suggestions for movies you think we should study, please let me know in the comments below. My name is Yang and I'll see you next time. Bye.